0: Today on Ag News
1: Daily. So I am learning the ropes here on the ranch as we go. I did not grow up with any ag background. Um, so kind of just dived right into this lifestyle with him. Um, and it everything is a learning experience for sure.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Friday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell joined by Ashton Carr. Ashton, I am very sorry I've left you. I've abandoned you for two days now.
2: It's totally okay, Delaney. I definitely forgive you because you've been sending me some good/slash funny content while you've been away. I told everyone about your space-looking biosecurity suits, and of course, I told them about the Bushlight wedding dress. So it's really like you never left because I've been okay. Well, more conversations.
0: <laughs> hey, the Bushlight wedding dress. I wish I wouldn't have bought in mind. That would have been great to wear. I just.
2: Think that it would be great if you got that one, and then Blaine probably could get a matching bush light suit. I'm sure that's out there somewhere. So it really is yes. a bush light Midwestern wedding.
0: I would have no doubt that that would be a thing somewhere that someone could sell because you know, Corey Hillabo that we've had on the podcast before, a good friend of ours, has a bush light wrapped combine.
2: which is just so absolutely funny to me. I can hardly even find Bush Light down here in Texas. So it cracks me up just seeing the fascination with Bush Light from Midwesterners.
0: Yeah, that's the number one beer I think drink in Iowa. Well, I... Actually, do you know who the You Betcha guy is, Ashton? No, I don't. Okay, you'll have to look him up. He's also, I think he's Minnesota, I want to say. Look him up. He posts hilarious videos on youtube facebook etc uh the iowa farm bureau i just got this email this morning is working with him to do some promotional stuff to promote you know agriculture across the state and they're doing a you betcha contest where the you betcha guys I, i don't know what his capacity is or when they pick a winner but they're giving away a year's supply of bush light meat and a new trigger grill. So I applied to enter that not that I will win, but I thought that was fun.
2: I'm surprised they're not doing this closer to Father's Day because that seems like the perfect well, Father's Day kind of gift.
0: <laughs> that it, That's a good, good idea. Maybe they're doing it close to this, the holidays here because it's hard to believe, but Thanksgiving is actually right around the corner.
2: It really is Delaney. And while we're kind of on the topic of Thanksgiving, kind of doing a Kind of segue here, trying my best to, but of course, Thanksgiving is a time where we eat turkey and talking about poultry. Of course, we've been watching out for bird flu over in Europe, and it looks like some of the countries are really kind of bearing down here because the French government has put the entire country on high alert for bird flu as it continues to spread across not only France, but of course, across europe because we also saw earlier this week that dutch authorities ordered commercial farms to keep all flocks inside after bird flu was reported on a farm and just to kind of keep up with the numbers here since the beginning of august we've seen 130 bird flu cases or clusters of cases being detected in either wild animals or on farms in europe alone so they're really kind of cracking down here
0: They certainly are, Ashton. And speaking of cracking down, I didn't get to send you this story yesterday by the time you recorded, but we saw the John Deere union cracked down on the next negotiation. This is kind of old news at this point, but thought I would make sure I mentioned it in case folks hadn't seen this yet. Because I also had a little bit of an inside scoop here because we saw on Wednesday, 55% of union workers voted down the John Deere offer, which has, you know, ruffled some feathers nonetheless. And this has been about three weeks now that the company has been on strike. The union workers have been on strike. And um, John Deere echoed this rejection by saying, this is as good as it's going to get its quote, the best and final offer. So this puts some question marks out there now as to what happened. Will John Deere... Lay these folks off? Will they begin to look for new workers? The union hasn't really given a lot of, um, hasn't really told us a lot about why they decided to vote down the agreement. But I was talking to a colleague whose brother in law works at the Waterloo facility. And, you know, he was like, well, I was going to vote for it. Or he did vote for it. He said he thought it was a pretty good deal. This latest contract would have provided a 10% rise in wages this year, which is a big jump, 5% across the board in 23 through 25, and then a lump sum bonus amounting to about 3% of their pay in 22, 24, and 26, which was, I think, slated somewhere around $3 to $5 billion that this would have cost John Deere to put this Latest agreement in place, you know, UAW said, no, this isn't good enough. I think some workers are getting a little concerned that have been on strike now. You know, I did find this out as well. The union is the one that are, that is covering or supposed to be covering these people's payments or paychecks while they're on strike. So the union is probably going to be feeling that effect soon as well. So just a lot of unknown variables here, Ashton
2: which really just kind of stinks because we're having so many issues with labor right now. And of course, you know, this just adds to it. And I did see earlier today, Delaney, that there was a cargo plant. Someone tweeted this out. Um, so it's not coming from a, a news source or anything and I don't know which cargo plant, but there there's a Cargill plant near them that was shut down. I believe either today or tomorrow, I want to say today, but They were shutting down because they didn't have enough labor there. So I'm just starting to get more and more concerned about our labor force, our workforce in the ag industry, because we really haven't seen too much good here lately.
0: No, and you know, you see a lot of job postings, you see a lot of companies willing to pay a premium to get labor. And that's going to be a continuing issue. You know, it was already an issue before the pandemic and the pandemic really just amplified that. So definitely something that is not going to go away in discussions, something Congress I'm sure is going to continue to debate about, probably not come to any answers on, but we'll continue to see how that goes. Uh, but switching tracks here a little bit, Ashton, the Purdue Ag Economy Barometer came out this month. And of course. It- that's put on by Purdue University and the CME Group, they interviewed about 400 U.S. producers and asked them about their current feelings on ag economics. They said that sadly for the third month in a row, sentiments are not very bright and shiny in the agricultural industry. The October barometer showed farmer sentiment at a 121, three points lower than September. And basically they said that Increasing fertilizer prices are making farmers feel less than impressed and really nervous about what is coming down the pipeline as we begin to have discussions about what's coming acreage-wise for 2022. So that has a lot of farmers nervous, and that is reflecting into farmer sentiment this month.
2: Well, Delaney, I have a story talking about a Ponzi scheme. And it is looking like this scheme is sending a South Dakota man to prison. This feedlot operator, who is named Robert Blum, pleaded guilty to operating a Ponzi cattle scheme and was sentenced to nearly eight years in federal prison yesterday. Blum entered a guilty plea back in August to what prosecutors said was a scheme to resell the same cattle to multiple investors, making a profit of about $24 million from 2014 to 2019. A federal court indictment in March 2020 detailed about $10 million in funds related to his feedlot business. The prosecutor said that he altered purchasing documents, leading investors to believe his feedlot was more successful than it actually was. He sold the same groups of cattle to multiple buyers and used the money to pay back previous investors. And that is... A ton of money to keep up with. I know that that's over five years, but $24 million, I kind of was mind blown when I read this story, Delaney.
0: Yeah. And that's been a story, again, we continue to watch come out. I hate it when they publish these stories. I get why they do it, but it just isn't a good look for farmers. No. And
2: I know that we've read a handful of them while I've been a part of the podcast. But even then, I think that that's you know a handful too many.
0: I agree. Well, Ash and I have just one other quick piece of news here, talking about companies working toward a climate smart farming solutions and implementation of those solutions as we uh, reach a goal here of net zero emissions by 2050. Ag Mission, which is a global collaboration to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, announced today that McDonald's has partnered to develop and implement climate smart farming solutions with a $5 million commitment over the next five years. This uh, ag mission group was, of course, established to unlock agriculture's specific potential and how we go about reducing these greenhouse gas emissions. And McDonald's is just the latest of many partners, many big name partners that are part of this initiative to work towards that goal. And so they don't really give any specifics. I read an article on this today on the Successful Farming website. Don't give a whole lot of specifics about what they're going to do to get to that goal. But McDonald's has said they're going to contribute dollars to help them get there.
2: I saw that story too, Delaney, and I thought it was interesting to say the least. Definitely piqued my interest this Friday afternoon. But with that, I'm
0: all out of news, kind of a slower news day today. So what do you say we hop into the markets? We certainly shall. And it was not a slow day in the markets today. We had a little bit of an ugly bloodbath today, especially in the soybean side of things. That weighed heavily on the corn markets today and trickled into wheat as well. Ashton, I think really the sentiment here is that a lot of folks are getting concerned about the ever increasing cost of fertilizer. That's going to potentially pull quite a few acres from corn into soybeans. And that is weighing on the soybean markets today. December corn down six and a quarter cent, closing at five. The March down five and a half, ending the day out at 562 and a quarter. In the soybean pits today, the January contract down 17 and a quarter cent, closing the day out at 1205 and a half. The November 22 contract shed 12 cents today ending week at 12 10 and a half chicago wheat lower today as a well with the december contract cutting seven and a quarter cents closing at 766 and a half the march down six and a half cents closing the day out at 779 and three quarters hopping over into the livestock pits we saw some mixed trade across the protein markets today with cattle mostly higher and lean hogs finishing lower december live cattle up at all our 17 and a half closing at 131.80 the February up a dollar and a half ending the week at one thirty seven twelve and a half. and a half in the feeder cattle markets January today closing the week out at 159.60 up a buck 42 and a half on the week the march closing at $1.45 higher, ending the week at one sixty seventy-seven and a half. and a half. And hopping down into the lean hog markets as I mentioned weakness today with the December contract selling off $1.32.5, and a half, closing the week out at 76 55 the February cutting $0.70, cents, closing the week at 79 47 and a half. And lastly, wrapping things up here with the Class 3 Dairy Milk Futures. The December contract closed 25 cents lower, ending at 1756 January, shedding a dime to close at 1797. Ashton, without further ado, fill us in on who we're talking to for today's interview. Today we are talking about the rural resource
2: room with Krista Arnson. Well, on today's Fri-Yay episode, we are talking to a business owner from Montana, Krista Arntzen. Krista, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us today.
1: Yeah, good morning, Ashton. It's good to be here.
2: So Krista, you're on the road right now. You're actually heading to Fort Worth, which is super exciting because I am a native North Texan. So I'm glad that you're going to be able to come down here for a little while, but I want to know a little bit more about your operation. And really, I mean, I think you're going to be coming down here to Fort Worth for something that kind of ties into that. So why don't you kind of introduce yourself a little bit?
1: Yeah. Hey, everyone. We are headed down to Fort Worth for the Angus Convention. Um, so we are leaving the ranch here. We have to drive a couple hours to get to the airport. Um, so we're not close. Uh, yeah, we'll be traveling down there and getting there this evening. Um, so, uh, we, my husband is Kevin Arntzen and, um, he is managing, um, Arntzen Angus ranch here in central Montana. Um, so he has, we have a registered herd of black Angus and he is a breeder So we are going on a business trip down to Fort Worth to meet other uh, Angus breeders from across the the country. Um, So this is my first time doing that with him. So it's like a learning experience for me, um, but good for him to kind of social or be social and, um, you know, network with everybody. So.
2: So Krista, this is, you know, your first time really doing something like this because you didn't really grow up with an ag background, correct?
1: No, I did not grow up ag at all. I grew up still here in Montana. Uh, definitely not small town rural. I grew up in a city a couple hours away from where Kevin is. Um, and so I am learning the ropes here on the ranch as we go. I did not grow up with any ag background. Um, so kind of just dived right into this lifestyle with him. Um, and it's every day is a learning experience for sure. Um, as we grow together here at the business on the ranch.
2: So Krista, what are some things that you've really done to try and incorporate this lifestyle into your own? Because I know it can be hard to learn new tricks of the trade, especially in the ag industry. It can be pretty hard to kind of
1: learn the ropes. So
2: (laughs) what are some things that you've done to really
1: Definitely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It has been a learning curve for me. So I um, am a former special educator So I went to school to teach special education and I did teach in our small town where we are located for a few years. Um, I've been teaching a total of 12 years, but um, I decided to take a step back this last spring um, and kind of stay home with our kiddos and um, help and support on the ranch a little bit more. But by giving that up, um, the actual teaching in the classroom, I decided to start a small business that um, could help. Bring kind of our lifestyle into other people's homes. And so I created um, the rural resource room so I could still kind of do what I love doing, which was teaching, which is my passion. Um, So I'm taking activities that I kind of find on the ranch um, that he's doing, like chore wise and working wise with cattle, um, and incorporating that into fun activities for children. So as I'm learning new things and new ideas um, or new chores and responsibilities on the ranch, I'm taking those ideas and putting them into little curated boxes for people um, to purchase. So I still get to kind of do what I like doing, which was teaching and educating, but then putting a spin with that egg education behind it. Um, And I just, I don't think, I mean, there's some programs out there and there's some things going for older kids, but like, what about like a little children like ages 3 to 5 who, you know, want to experience a lifestyle. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on, focusing on lately. Um, is getting um, little activities in the hands of of other kids.
2: And that is just amazing. I always love, you know, hearing about ag education because I think that it's one that kind of lacks in our public schools. And so to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, provide that resource to, you know, kiddos who are you know, relatively small three to five, like you said, is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So where do you really get the ideas to share these kinds um, of things?
1: Yeah, it's just like, I just love being like creative and like coordinate, like I loved themed things. So when I was teaching in the classroom, you do a unit or a theme about something, a subject area. So then I'm not doing that. I'm like, okay, to my husband, Kevin, like, what are we doing? You know, we're, we're shipping and we're working cattle. So how can I, make little fun hands-on things for kids, you know. So uh, I just kind of watch what we're doing on the ranch um, with all of our, you know, with all of our help and try to, you know, copy that and then put it in a little box for these moms to follow a little kind of lesson plan of how to make your own flag for shipping, Um, you know, how to um, build a barn, you know, for your calves and during calving, it's just like all these little fun hands on things. And then the moms can kind of go over that language piece with them um, and talk about um, what rural life is like and how farmers and ranchers, you know, are so important to us and how huge um, learning about where food comes from and cattle and where beef is from. And so I just, I don't know where I just kind of think of things that we're doing um, working wise and say, Hey, I'm going to run to the craft store and buy all this stuff and see if I can make this hands-on so they really can experience it without actually being there. So I don't know. I just like, okay, like December is our feeding, my feeding box. And um what do we do for feeding? You know, so, we have a recipe for feeding, hey, you know, our, um, our cattle, ha- you know, and trying to break that down and have them make their own little fun, like little haystack snack, you know, and, uh, what else are we doing here? Like make your own, uh, f- like tractor slash processor. So that I give them a whole bunch of shapes, um, with different cu- sizes and colors and they have to make their own equipment to feed. Um, so just kind of things like that.
2: You have two kids of your own, so are they kind of your guinea pigs in this situation?
1: Yes, absolutely. since I'm staying home um so have, our son Knox is in kindergarten, so he's in school um but our youngest daughter, um Anili, um is home with me, and so I'm just just so excited to spend time with her now, um home. She gets to be kind of my product tester. So when I come up with ideas, um, we sit down and see if like kids can really do these and it actually makes sense. So she's enjoying um, our time together, working on the, the activity boxes.
2: So where do you really see the future of the rural resource room going? Because you haven't been doing this for too long, but I'm sure that you have some goals in mind on what you want the future to really look like for the rural resource room.
1: Yeah, I do. You know, it's only been a couple months, four months in here and I've had a couple different boxes each month. And, you know, I do want it to be um, nationwide. You know, I just want moms to, and, you know, any family member, I should say um, on social media, find it and reach out and purchase these these hands-on activities. Um, I just want it to go bigger where we're shipping boxes more monthly. And I do have a subscription where some families are getting it monthly already, um, just to have that kind of grow a little bit into the new year, um, just kind of get it out there that it's rural, you know, it's that, you know, not living in a in a, town, a city or a town, it's you know, more um, country, Western, and then you have resources, which is what I'm providing for these families. I do the resources and the prep work, For you, you know, um, and have everything sent to you, the materials. And then the room, part of the rural resource room, is that you can do it together in your home and um, have some family time together and to understand the egg life a bit more. Um, And just, I just want to keep inspiring people to do these creative things um, and know that egg is not a problem and that, you know, we do stand by our farmers and ranchers 100%, you know, and start that, like you had said earlier, at that younger age um, of littles to, to appreciate the lifestyle.
2: So Krista, as we kind of wrap up here, I just have one final real question here. And that's just your target audience. Are you really trying to reach more people that don't know as much about the ag industry? Or are you just trying to encompass everyone, you know, ag folk included?
1: You know, right now it's, um, mostly, you know, fellow rural families and moms, um, that are wanting their kids to work on some things, um, for fun, you know, and they kind of already are on their ranches and farms. Um, so that's kind of been who's been purchasing, but I would like to get it into more urban areas, um, for, for children who don't get to have this experience and don't, aren't able to, to come out to a rural area. So my, yeah, eventually I'd like to get it into the hands of people in larger areas. Um, But right now it's just kind of word of mouth of other parents saying, oh my gosh, my kids loved it. And then so-and-so wants it and my niece and nephew, you know, so it's, so hopefully we get bigger. That's the goal.
2: Well, Krista, hopefully some of our audience members want to get a box themselves. So if Mm -hmm. they do, where can they find you at online?
1: So I am on Instagram. My handle is at arnson.adventures. So my last name Um And it kind of shows a little bit of our ranch life, the family life with the business. And then my rural resource room uh, activity boxes are on there. So that's where you can find me. Um, like you purchase online or message me and I ship it directly to you. So it's just hands-on learning about, um, rural life delivered to your door. So it's just pretty cool. I'm really excited about it. I'm
2: really excited as well that we have people like you that are really working towards bettering ag education for our little guys across the nation that Krista, I just want to thank you once more for coming on today and safe travels to you and your family.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And it was good talking to you and Yeah, I just will see what's to come for the Rural Resource Room.
2: Thanks again there to Krista for chatting with me this morning. She and her husband were heading towards Fort Worth, like we mentioned there. So hopefully they got there safely. But folks, if you want to continue to tune into some conversations like this and others that we're having, of course, Market Monday is going to be an eventful one, I'm sure. So be sure to tune in to that on Monday at agnewsdaily.com. With that, Delaney, should we let the people go?
0: Let's let them go.